0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. And um, so as we are now about to get into the fifth part of our series that we've called So I Hope, um, because as I've prefaced every time that on a lot of fronts coming into this year, rolling into this time period. In fact, this week was full of a lot of. I hope so. You know, are you gonna? Is your power gonna come on? I hope so. Is the water gonna pressure up? I hope so. Is there gonna be bread at H E B? Nope. Oh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> and so um, that, that it's just it's so many fronts. That there's just been this place where this, this concept, this phrase, this idea, this mindset has begun to kind of become just a part of our daily lives of, you know, hope so. And a lot of that just kind of comes from just thinking, man, maybe this thing things are going to work out. But for, for us who understand that we've got to have the God of hope, we have the God of hope who is active in our lives and and has done and accomplished things on our behalf, that we have a reason to hope. So now we can kind of scramble those words a little bit, and when we understand the reasons to hope, then we can say, so I hope. God is active in my life, so I hope. God has already won the victory, so I hope. God is faithful, so I hope. And so that has been the whole premise of this series and what we have been delving into. And today we're going to look at what it means to really know hope and know the source of hope. So if you've got your bulletin, you've got your Bible app, you've got whatever it is you're utilizing to kind of follow on the notes, that we have looked at this concept um, every week in this series that our our hope in God is what empowers us to, to truly move forward in the full life that God has given us. And this has been our launching scripture all series long that Romans 15, 13 tells us "May the God of hope. It is so wonderful that he is the God of hope. He's the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him as we begin to put our trust in him, that's when joy and peace begin to show up in our lives. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so that. There's a, there's a reason. God wants us to be so full of hope it overflows. We've said it before. That we should be so full of hope that when people get around us, they get spl- hope splashed on them. They get just a little bit of overflow. It just comes out. They're like, man, I have a hard time being depressed around you because you're so full of hope. We ought to walk into a space and the joy and the hope in our lives ought to begin to, to impact that space. It ought to begin to impact those people that we come in contact with. And the truth is, is this last week for us in San Angelo, for us in Texas, it is it has shown us that we're honestly, we're pretty used to fullness we're pretty used to it and when fullness ain't there we don't know quite what to do I'm used to turning on my faucet and water coming out of it it being full and whether our city had a problem or my pipes had a problem with the weather or whatever there's some moments where I turn the faucet nothing it's frustrating when things aren't there. Used to go into the grocery store, and it doesn't look like Russia in the '80s, where there's nothing in the grocery store, nothing. It was I was just shocked when I went to an amazing, wonderful grocery store that has been just an awesome help here in Texas, called H E B. And so, and a little plug for H E B. And so, but man, we went to go grocery shopping on a, i guess it was Thursday or so. And we go in there and there is no meat. Now I'm not saying that there was not the meat I wanted. There was no meat. I take it back. There were three ducks. <laughs> and I thought about what do duck and dumplings taste like. <laughs> Chicken and dumplings is pretty good. Maybe duck and dumplings is like next level. Like, like, chicken and dumplings is the starter stuff. Duck and dumplings is like, whoo. Uh, we didn't find out. Cutie would not let me explore uh, duck and dumplings. And so, uh, but there was, I mean, it was just nothing. And it was just shung. And you literally saw, we literally saw intelligent people. We personally knew. Shove, do it in a basket. And just in a daze. In H-E-B. They just walked past and just like. I can't believe it. I can't, I, 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 I can't believe it. And then you go to the bread aisle. I can't believe it. Man, we looked down. We decided we found an overpriced brisket. So we paid way too much for a brisket. We were going to have brisket wraps. Well, then there's no tortillas. And so we found the cutest little tortillas on the bottom shelf. Thankfully, it's cutie sh- short. And she got under there. And, she, and she's like, oh, I see something she saw it and they were down at the back and there were these little tiny tortillas, those street taco tortillas, man. We was like winning the lotto. We're like, clean them suckers out. Get them. Put them in the basket. When we were checking out, the bagger was like, you found tortillas. I'm like, shh. Don't, I don't want to get mugged in the parking lot. I gotta get these suckers home and they were like tortilla snacks man they're just like little bitty suckers and so and but man it was just mind blowing mind blowing to we're so used to we're so used to fullness we're so used to flipping the the switch and it being full of power and and it just being just so used to fullness and it disrupts us to our core When it's just things that we're used to, places being there. And, you know, we're reminded, Pastor Steve and I were talking, you know, like, man, this was the way our great-grandparents lived every day. You know, this was just normal for them. But we get so used to fullness. And and the truth is, is that God wants to be so active in our lives that we're that used to his presence. And that when there's a little place where we see, that when we experience, you're like, man, what's up? What's, what's, what's wrong? What's going on? That when, when you don't sense the presence of God active, then all of a sudden you're like, something has to shift here. And for a lot of us, we get so used to not being around the presence of God, we feel like it's a special treat when we get to enjoy the presence of God instead of living in the fullness that he's called us to live into. And so what we need to do is that we need to begin to shift and look and say, God wants to He's a God of hope. And he wants joy and peace to be so regular in our lives. So a normal part of our lives that when, a, when things get a little bit unpeaceful, we begin to go, what went wrong? What's going on? We need to get back to the source. Is something up with my water source? Is something up with electricity? Is something up with whatever? Let's get back and figure out what's going on because this should be active in my home. What is going on? This should be active in my home. And we ought to have that kind of expectation, that kind of readiness for the fullness of God in our daily lives, just like we are ready for the fullness of all of our normal stuff in our lives. It can be this little moment for a, a wake up for us, you know, because there are parts of the world that they're they're used to trying to figure this kind of stuff out. When Cutie and I went on a mission trip to Guatemala, we went to a little mountain village called Chinique, and um, the the lady who was hosting us um, what, had a feeding station, and she she cared for hundreds of children, and she had such influence in that city because she cared for those children. Um, that she went to the mayor of that city and said, I've got a group from America coming, um, and they're used to having water all the time. Um, And so the way Chinique worked normally is they turned the water on to the city in the morning, left the water on till noon, and the whole city's water got shut off at noon until the next morning, and they all had tanks that would fill up, and they all had their own water systems and then they would fill up their tanks and they had little pumps and little things that would power those pumps. And so every little house had its own little water system because it, the city water system was intermittent. And it was there. But she had such influence that the whole city had water the whole time we were there. And they just left it on for us for us group who are bougie Americans and want water all the time. And, and so... and. That, But that, they were used to that. that they would store it up. They would have the little store tanks of water because it wasn't there all the time. And, and, and folks, we should be people who, who, are, who are looking for the fullness. Whether we sit there and you go, no, you know what, we're going to expect there to be a regular flow or we're just going to purpose to stay full. That you know what, everybody else may be doing without, but me and my house, we're going to have our tanks full. We're going to have it us. You know, if everything else shuts down, our hope isn't gone. And we're going to keep our tanks full. And so because the, the truth is, is that it's, it's hard. it's hard to hold on to hope when you don't let go of other things. There are other things that we can begin to put our hope in. And when we don't let go of those other things, to hold on to God. Then I'm telling you, it's trying to, to be, we'll find ourselves torn in multiple directions. And, and the Hebrew believers understood this on a deep spiritual level. And the writer to, to, of the book of Hebrews expresses this in the verses. We've, we've hit verse, um, verse 19 multiple times. But let's go back to verse 18 of Hebrews chapter 6. It says, God did this. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And we've talked about that verse multiple times. But here the these Hebrew believers says we have fled to take hold hold of hope what had the hebrew believers fled to take hold of hope they have had fled the old system the old system that god set up this wasn't something that man created there was an old system that pointed to the messiah that was its purpose That was all of the Judaic practices. That was all of the temple worship were all types and shadows. We did a whole series called Shouts and Whispers on looking at the different stuff in in the Jewish system of worship that was sent to put a spotlight on the Savior when he showed up so that they would recognize him. But then they ended up loving the types and the shadows and wanting to hang on to the types and the shadows instead of the substance of the Messiah. They fell in love with his shadow instead of him. And so they had had taken hold of it and they loved their temple worship and they loved all those things. And we can't shake our heads at them because we can fall in love with our own systems and we can fall in love with our own little things, little rituals and things that we do that honestly are supposed to point us to God, but we end up putting all our hope and whatnot in those instead of the God of hope. All of these things, all of the things that we do, whether it's the worship we do, you know what? I mean, worship styles shift, but the God we worship doesn't. And anytime we fall in love with a worship style, I know that there's a day coming that, you know, I love the music we do. But as I get older and older and older, maybe one day there'll be music I don't like. But it won't be for me. It'll be for, for the God that I love and the generation that that's impacting and that's what I have to remember, is that God of the generations will reach all generations. And that will have to stay connected to that. But we easily can begin to latch on to traditions and all these different things and put our hope in those. And there's no hope in the traditions of religion. There's only the, our hope in the God of hope. And all of these extra things are to help us to connect with him. But it has to be about him. And the, these Hebrew believers had fled that system. They weren't going and doing the, the temple worships or, or offering the, the, the sacrifices and, and taking the doves and, the, and the, the, the goats and all of that to the temple anymore. They were like, we believe Jesus is the one who is the, who is the final sacrifice once and forever. And they had fled that other way and taken hold of Jesus. Well, you and I that weren't raised in a place where we had this idea of taking our goats and all of those different things. That wasn't our culture. That wasn't what we were raised to put our hope in. But folks, we're all raised to put our hope in something. We are, and here in this neck of the woods, we can be raised to put our hope in our system of government, that democracy is what will prevail. You know what? Our hope has to be in God. It can be in our our capitalistic uh, economic system. We can have our hope in that and on those things. It can be in our hope in our healthcare system. Our hope can be put in a lot of different things. Our hope can be put in good old Texas work ethic. You know what? You get out there and you be honest and you work hard and you just look up and everything's going to be okay at some point. And we can have our hope in our good old West Texas work ethic. And all of those things are good things. But for us to be able to fully place our hope in God, we have to let go of having our hope resting on those things. And it has to rest in God. We have the same hope right here in San Angelo, Texas, as, as, as a believer in Eritrea, which is this tiny little country in the Horn of Africa, that believers are persecuted and hated and despised and their system of government and their economic system is bent against them and they have the same hope in God that you and I have here. Our hope for every believer is the same no matter what country, no matter what system you put them in. And praise God we live in, a, in one that for the, these moments is still friendly towards us as believers. and still a place where we can express that. But our hope has to stay in God, and God alone. It has to. And it cannot be placed in any other thing. I, one of our favorite places to go as a family is we love to, to go to Enchanted Rock. And um, outside of Fredericksburg. And so it's just this really cool granite dome if you've never been there. And so it's just huge pink granite dome. There's all of these boulders and there's this cave. It's not really a cave. It's a bunch of stuff that had kind of fallen together, but it's pitch black in there and it's long. It's called. Everybody calls it the snake hole. So you go to the top of Enchanted Rock and you get into the snake hole and you enter in one side and you're able to go through and pop out the other side. And and um, there's there's one spot, you have to get in, and a lot of it's tight. I mean, you have to go in, and if you don't like tight spaces, you don't want to be there. Um, it's not lit. You have to take your own flashlights and all that fun stuff, but everybody's been through it a cajillion times, and it's safe. And um, But there's a spot where, as I was taking a bunch of uh, youth kids, that there were some of the junior high kids that had not hit their growth spurts yet, um, and so they were a little more vertically challenged than others, and so... There was a spot where you have to lower your feet in and you hold on to this rock ledge and there's a spot that is below you. You can't see. It's too tight. You can't even turn around and see and somebody show you with a flashlight. But there's a place where you will land. But you're down in a hole. It's tight. And you have to sit there and let go of where you're at, and go, and it's just about a 12-inch drop. But when you're pitch black in a hole in the ground, it might as well be a mile. I mean, it's just terrible. And so, and I would try to be down there and mitigate some of their concerns their first time through, and where I had to stand was a little bit out of reach. And most of them, I could reach up, and I could put my hand on the bottom of their foot. And they could feel my hand as some sort of thing. Well, I wasn't strong enough to just, press any of these people above my head one-armed and and so but just my hand being there made them feel like there's something there and then they would let go and I would just kind of keep my hand on them as they slid down and then they hit their little spot right above me and all was good but there was a handful of them that I could not reach couldn't reach them and they had to sit there and so they're in this limbo place they're in this limbo place where they're holding on, and what they need what they're needing to rest on is down beneath them, they can't feel me, and there's a place where they're, they have to take my word for it, that there is solid Earth, solid rock, 12 inches away from their feet. And there was a couple of them that had, just almost full-on panic attacks, in the middle of that hole. Well, there's too many people to go back the other way. You just it's only one way out. And man, them walking them through the process of just letting go, of just letting go. Man it was just so difficult for them to just let go. And then they went those 12 inches and you, you hear they wouldn't even breathe and then their, you know the feet would hit oh, and then they're good and then they get through and then they're like, I'm never doing that again in my life, Pastor Brandon, You are so mean. And I was like, oh, you're dramatic. And so, and um, I'm never bringing you again in your life. Don't worry. And so, and, uh, and so it's, <laughs> but they were so freaked out. And I understand it. And we can find ourselves in those, in that place where what, what we really need to place our hope in is right there. But we are having a hard time resting on it because we won't let go of what we've got our hands on what the other thing we're trying to place our hope in. And whatever that may be, whatever that may be, sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's a, it's a friendship, it's a spouse, sometimes it's a job, sometimes it's a career, sometimes it's a skill set that we have. We can place our hope falsely in a lot of places. And ultimately, there's disappointment on any of those fronts and that's why we have to learn to fully place our hope in God, in God alone. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. I'll tell you what, driving on the streets of San Angelo this week, there was a lot of swerving. People didn't mean to. Man, I was stopped at a, on a, at a spot on a Avenue J. And, uh, there's, we were headed towards, uh, uh towards the H-E-B again. Took a nothing. And, um, so, and all of a sudden this minivan, uh, lady on her phone on the snow and she comes up and like, she ain't stopping and I'm stopped, I'm stopped there. And she comes, whoop, and she comes up beside me. Like, You're in the wrong lane, lady. And so, but she just't she just couldn't stop, and we were just seeing that all over the place. We were seeing it all over the place and and we're to hold unswervingly, unswervingly to him who is faithful, to him who is faithful. and even though we had all of this stuff going on around us. And this lady that comes sliding up beside me in the minivan is like, she's waving, I'm sorry. And so she was at least nice. And, um, but here was the issue. There was no problem with the asphalt. There's no problem with the asphalt. There's no problem with her tires. The problem was what came between the asphalt and her tires. It was the ice and the snow. That it—that was what was the problem. Roads. Guess what? It all melted away. Roads are what they've ever been. Whatever you want to call a San Angelo road, that's what it is again. And so it's 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 that all over again. And so, but there was no there was nothing wrong. The problem was what came between. And well, that's what we have to be mindful of that holding unswervingly when we find ourselves walking and trying to trust God and we find ourselves in this swerving place and things are starting to feel slippery, it's not God who is the issue. It's not having being a person of faith that is the issue. It is what is coming between our faith and a God as a firm foundation. What's coming in between there? And it could be all sorts of stuff. It could be fear. It could could be all sorts of different things come in there. But what we need to do is address from a place of prayer, a place of whatever, to be able to address what's come between. And so as we look at Mark chapter 7, verse 3, it says, The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders, when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash and they observe many other traditions such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. Okay. Is it a good idea once you've come from the market to wash your hands before you eat? It's a good idea. Is it a good idea to wash your cups, pitchers, and kettles? when you? Yeah. Those are all good ideas. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is they turned it into this place where they had to do it or they had somehow violated God. That it was now that if somebody was to walk in from the market and to, to, to grab a little chunk of bread or whatever might be laying on the table and to take a little snack, that all of a sudden it's just this big uproar that, oh my gosh, you eat with unwashed hands. You're a, a, a filthy lowdown sinner. Um, and so th- they were had just turned these things that are smart Practices into this stuff that had now become this place of bondage. It says, and so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according, not to the scriptures, but according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? We saw Peter sneak a grape and he didn't wash his hands. Peter's creepy. So he, they're like getting all up in Jesus' grill about, about this. And here is Jesus' reply He says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. And they were like, oh, huh, we like Isaiah. He prophesied. And man, that's cool. That's about us. Then the next word drops hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. He's pointing out that you can do a lot of the right things on the surface and it be no connection with God whatsoever. Whatsoever. Folks, that is that is the thing, you and I showing up on Sundays and doing this stuff, that's something we have to be watchful for. Because we can show up and we can sing the songs and we can do the stuff and honor God with our lips and end up our hearts are far from him. And he's... And he, And then in verse 7 it says, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Whereas they should have let go of the human traditions and held on to God. Held on to what he had said. And so we find ourselves, they find themselves holding on and letting go of the wrong things. You and I can often find ourselves holding on and letting go of the wrong things. See, we can declare, we can declare, so I hope, when we know the source of hope. When we're aware of the source of hope, then we, we can live in this place. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That is his, Paul's prayer. So that you would understand him. So that you would understand what he is for you. So you can connect with him and know him. Not just about him, but know him. Know him. Matthew 22 verse 29 says, Jesus replied that you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And those two things are connected. The scriptures and the power of God are connected. He's not just given two separate things. It's not just he. he these two things are connected to one another. The scriptures and the power of God. Um, our two youngest kids, um, uh, we have them at a at a private Christian school here uh, in town, and we really value the you know just as as parents, you know that the idea that. You know, at school, they're being taught, taught the scriptures, being taught those things. And, and um, every week, they have a character trait, and they have a scripture that goes along with that character trait. And so they're memorizing lots of scriptures. And so, um, and so we have to you know, work with them and help them to be able to do it. So they've memorized lots of scriptures. So at this point in the school year, they've got lots of scriptures memorized. And so um, they have chapel on Wednesdays. And our youngest one, seven years old, uh, Pressy, in her class, it was their turn to be in charge of their chapel. And so there at chapel, the teacher told Pressy, you know, that um, I need you to stand up and I need you to say a scripture and told her which scripture to say. And her scripture to say was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so she's telling me, There the night before that all of this is going to go down, she's like, Dad, tomorrow I have to hold the mic. And I have to say in front of everybody, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And Colin pipes up and she says, she has a plan. I'm like, What? She has a plan. Daddy, she told me she has a plan that she doesn't want to say and she's nervous about saying it. So she's going to get up there and she's going to say, does anybody have a scripture they want to say? (laughs) And get a volunteer to come up and cover the scripture part. And I said, Pressy, did you realize that the scripture she's telling you to say is the scripture that will help you say that's scripture. And she said, what? I said, Preston, you're supposed to say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that scripture is reminding you that you can stand up and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And she's still like, okay. And then finally it dawned on her and she understood it. But it was this place that she knew the scripture. She knew the scripture, but she didn't understand that scripture's implication in her life. She quoted it to me. Boom, no problem. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I'm going to not do it. I'm going to get a volunteer to do it. No, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, sweet pea. You can do that. So thankfully the next day she stood up and said, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and be able to do it. But there's a place that you and I can get used to hearing scriptures and we can get used to it and even be able to quote it and forget the power connected to it. It says you don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. There's power connected with it. There's a reason we spend time in this. It's not just because we get bonus points with God for spending time in the book he wrote. It's not like, oh, look, you're reading my stuff. I love that about you. No, it's it changes our lives. It's power. It changes things if we will embrace that. He says you get into error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. You and I get into a place where we're in error. We're thinking wrong. We're responding wrong. We're doing wrong when we don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. We slip into a place of hopelessness and begin to lose grasp of hope when we don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. That is why we come back to this over and over and over again <coughs> Ephesians 1:18 says, "I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. There's hope he's called you to and some of you don't even know it. You don't even know it. that's what he's writing. He's writing to them and guess what it still applies to you and I today. He says, I'm praying that your the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Remember, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. We rely too much on what we see. We rely too much on what maybe has happened in this person's life and this person's life. And we start seeing a parallel in our own lives. And we're like, oh, well, this is the way it's going to be. Well, as soon as, as, soon as that, that, that her husband said that to her, it was over. So he said it. It's done. No. No, we walk by faith and not by sight. We trust in what God is leading us into. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You, as a child of God, have an inheritance in Christ. And part of what we do on Sunday mornings and in our small groups and all of the stuff that we do is learn what has been freely given to us. What is our inheritance as a child of God? Praise God that we start out with having heaven sealed up and our faith is in Christ and heaven is ready for us. But guess what? There's, God's got more for us in this life to be able to live and to move forward in it. Ephesians 1.19 says, And his incomparable great power to us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and sealed him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and with every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Folks, our bottom line today is hope for our generation is found in the God of all generations. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.